0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to our latest edition of 2debate.net, our podcast of debates. I am Sebastian, and my co-host is Dirk. How are you today, Dirk? As usual, I'm
1: ready. I'm prepared. I'm out of words. I'm in a good mood, and I can't wait.
0: (laughs) Are you more prepared than usual?
1: So I hope you you learned your numbers.
0: Uh, Well, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, we'll debate today on the following question on the motion, uh, which is elections, election polls should be banned. Maybe not the elections themselves um, should be banned, <laughs> although that's another topic, that's another topic, considering the results of some elections, but okay. Duck, you have the pleasure of starting this debate, as we have flipped the coin towards that, defending the case against the motion, which is again, election polls should be banned. Okay, let's do this.
1: Dirk goes first and argues against the motion. And there we are. Another election. Weeks and weeks of reporting on numbers. And we all love that, right? And then, bam, a result that we all believe has been predicted wrongly. And this wasn't the first time. There were plenty. It looks like if you research it as if almost every single election is a surprise to the pollsters. So let's ban polls, right? They are altogether totally useless. And, uh, well... They skew the process and they lead away from actual topics. Wrong. I would start by killing a myth. The polls haven't been wrong. Not even in the US election. Polls predicted a very short race. And polls are statistics. So there is a margin of error. The margin margin of error can go either side. And if you have multi-millions of people, yes, then the potential margin of error are a couple of million votes in the end. So that's not a surprise. On the other hand, having proper data is important for the electorate. So every voter should have every data point possible to know what is on the agenda, what is important right now, what are the issues being debated, which candidate is up front. So it allows you to actually make an informed and yeah, data-driven decision. And next thing, if there is data, like polls, it's the right of the voters to learn that. It's a freedom of expression. It's freedom of speech. It's closing down um, open communication if you just ban polls and uh, data around elections altogether just because you don't like the result of it. And now on to Sebastian. Let's hear his argument for the motion.
0: The election polls, turns out, they're perceived by people and by the press as being wrong over the past year. Well, there was the elections in the UK uh, earlier in, the, in 2016. There was uh, the elections of Trump. There was Brexit. In every single case, they were perceived as wrong, irrespective of margins of errors, by the way. Additionally, there is bias. It's not only about by, by being wrong or right. It actually introduces bias. And if you read a book like Thinking Fast and Slow, you will see also a number of biases. And among, among them, there's this mechanism of anchoring, right? So if you know that a candidate is at a specific level, you may actually think, well, you know, might as well vote for him or not vote, or not even show up because anyway, there will be people going out there to vote. And it will seem that it's a foregone conclusion. So there's a risk of influencing elections in a way that is detrimental to the democracy by just letting people, in, not being biased by, what may or may not happen. And finally, it's already the case uh, in many countries that these election polls are being banned uh, from a few hours to a few days, even a few weeks before the elections over time. And we're not talking about some random countries. It's, uh, it's the case in France. It used to be two weeks before the election. There's now two days. But there was a, a recent survey and they looked at 78 countries and I believe about 39 of them, half of them actually had polls being banned right before the elections, precisely to avoid this bias. So my case here is that they're wrong, irrespective of margins of errors, or at least they're perceived wrong. There's a strong bias, which is detrimental to the elections. And people may not actually turn out, or they don't even understand the concept of margins of errors. And finally, it's already the case. We can actually do this. It is actually implemented in a number of countries. Now it's Dirk's turn. Let's hear his rebuttal.
1: There was just one argument. The one argument being maybe the data points are wrong. And because the data points are wrong and the voters are stupid, we have to protect them from their stupidity. So let's move the data out of their sight. And I think, first off, there is nothing wrong with the data itself. There is something wrong with how we report it. And there is something wrong with who we trust to bring data. So some countries, for instance, the UK debate right now to introduce a penalty if you have grossly misleading data points. But if you are in the margin of error and you properly state it, then there's nothing wrong with communicating that. And secondly, we need competent presentation in the media. So media outlets should educate the voter on what it is that they are presenting, what the potential outcome may be. Again, in the US election... The polls basically stated, it's a close call, it's a close race. And then what happened was that there was an interpretation floating around saying that the likelihood of winning is this or that. And that was where the problem happened. That is where the misleading interpretation occurs. In general, voting tactical, staying at home, going to the votings based on, on, on data is also democratic. It's a decision made by the electorate. So if people are not going to vote and then are burned because they misread the polls, maybe that's teaching them a lesson. Maybe next time they're going to vote and vote as they really believe and vote based on issues If it's really not the majority of the voters that wanted to have that outcome, then maybe those voters that haven't been heard properly will next time make sure that they actually show up to the vote instead of believing a poll um, result that tells them their vote is not necessary anymore. So it could even be better for democracy to have an open debate about surveys and so on. Last not least... I reiterate that, I believe, in order to make an informed decision, you need as much data as you as you can get your hands on. Just by hiding things, you don't remove the data of the equation. So there are plenty of countries where people do bets on voting results and they will base those bets on data points no matter if you communicate them openly in the media or not no matter if you ban them or not it's just a different form of polling that you introduce and that's a much more inaccurate polling than you can have from official outlets
0: (laughs) okay my three minutes sebastian let's hear it Nothing is wrong with the data, you say? And yes, I'm going to get passionate now. My turn. Nothing is wrong with the data? Really? You do know how polls are being conducted? The sample size of supposedly representative set of demographics? Of course, they're completely wrong. From the very beginning, there's bias by the pollsters. That's the problem. Also, not even is it just one problem, but it is a problem. Yes, the data is wrong and will always be wrong because you're using a sample size and demographics are way more complex than we think they are. Gender, uh, uh, races. Uh, age, whether you're rural and or live in the urban areas, of course the data is wrong. And the problem is, people. I'm sorry to say, but most people do not know how to read statistics. I mean, who hates who? Who, who loves maths? Apart from me, maybe you. Right? Nobody. Everyone hates maths, let alone statistics and probabilities. Nobody gives an has any understanding of what the margin of error is. Even engineers, I can guarantee you, you can ask them around. Even today, engineers, they will be confused as to how you calculate a margin of error. So people do not know how to read the data. Sure, it can feed them with the data and it can trick them with it. Now you say you want to educate people and give them more data. Fine. Let's let the the media focus on the programs themselves. What does the data bring you to know whether a person may be ahead of the race? Absolutely nothing. And if you want data... Here's the data that you can analyze whether a a program, a political program, is actually financially doable. Let's look into the data. Journalists, most of them, I'm sorry to say, they're not really good at this. There's no one who's going to say Trump's or Clinton's or Sarkozy's or Hollande's program or Merkel's program is actually viable. That's not going to lead to something which is dramatic for the the country's finances. Let's, Let's use that data. That's way more interesting, way more meaningful. Now, Here's one more thing. We talk about Trump. We talk about Clinton. But who knows there was actually other candidates at these elections? Same in France, same, same in Germany. We don't hear about them. You're talking about freedom of speech? Seriously? There's no equality of speech in the first place, Not neither alone talking about freedom. We don't hear about the small candidates. Why? Because the media only tells you about the big ones. The big ones, according to what? Opinion polls, which are wrong, which are wrong because the data, the sample size is wrong because they just give you a misrepresented picture of what's happening because nobody knows the truth. So yes, you want freedom of speech? Yes, go for it. Let's talk to everyone, all the candidates with equality of speech, of time in the in the media. All right, this is way more interesting. And finally, actually, we may agree on this, an alternative to banning, although I'm in favor of banning it, like uh, two days, maybe two weeks before the election, it's also to add the fine. Absolutely. You're talking about freedom of speech and you're talking about fines. I think you just lost your cause here. Yes. You know, the wider you are away from a margin of error, yeah, let's have a hefty fine uh, so that the media will think twice before publishing anything, whether it's about p- publishing nothing at all or actually publishing something and then re- risking being bankrupt. <laughs> But I'm surprised that you, you bring in bring the freedom of speech argument in that case. But fine. I mean I'm for for banning and adding the fine. Yes, let's do it. Final statements. <laughs>
1: Oh, boy. I love how you really think that you can remove the polling from the equation. You know what's going to happen? Instead of looking at polling data that includes hundreds, thousands, maybe a couple of hundred, who knows, people, and yes, it's statistically flawed, maybe... Instead of that, you're going to poll your friends and your family. You turn around and ask the guy next to you what he thinks. And that's where you base your opinion on. So it's not changing anything. Do you want to ban that too? Do you make it illegal the day before the election to ask your spouse what she's going to vote for? I don't think so. So yes, I would, I would add a fee. I would add edu- your education. But I think the voter has a right to know what others in his country, in his electorate, think of the issue think of the candidates and think about uh, who they're going to vote the politicians have a right to that too because it helps them focus
0: sebastian sure you can ask your wife you can absolutely ask your wife what she's going to vote for but this is private information Right? You're not influencing anyone else beyond your close circle of friends. So that's perfectly fine with me. I'm not telling you to uh, censor what you're doing. So we're talking about public influence. And this is the problem because the data is wrong, because the sampling size has too much bias, because there's no absolute truth. This is not a science when you're actually polling people to ask whether they're going to vote, whether they're actually going to turn up. So the problem is there's no right to know because there's a right to know something that is wrong. You're actually misinforming the public with erroneous data which people can't even read properly, even if it were correct. You want more education? I say, I want to have more democracy. Let's hear about all the candidates in a more equal way, right? instead of influencing the debate or the elections towards one or two major parties, like it is in most of our uh, uh, modern societies. And yes, let's ban, as it is the case today in at least 39 countries, including democracies, ban election polls uh, prior to the elections, at least two days, maybe even a week before the elections, and have a fine for a media which misinforms the public.
1: All right, done. And it kills it me how you keep saying it's not science. It is freaking science. It's, I know called it's, science. Statistics. Course, it's not statistics. It's math. This is a debate. Is I say, what do I want to
0: say? <laughs> of course it's science. <laughs> <laughs> of course it's time. Of course I, it's time. Okay, I guess it's my turn. I'm Feeling nervous every week with this. Yeah, me too. I just Did got I was short of
1: I was short of breath. You know no, that? I can
0: see you're getting. I can <laughs> see that you're not like serious and everything. So I see your face, and I'm actually reacting, but you actually don't even see me reacting. So I mean, when you mention things like freedom of speech, and I can start smiling because it's our last week's debate. So I have to resist answering you, and I'm going to focus on the exercise, which is you know, doing my speech.
1: And now I know I went over for like 10 or 15 seconds just because like I always. scrambled like always. earlier. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, always. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: This is The bias that you're trying to instill on our listeners so that you actually try to win because yeah. you get these extra seconds.
1: I know. I you this every,
0: every time.